How does a family decide at which restaurant to spend their money? Is it with the one who promises fantastic food and fantastic service, or is it with the one that actually serves it? Imagine that you and your family sat down at a restaurant to have dinner. The waitress comes and tells you that their new chef has developed a new menu. And although she hasn't personally tasted the food, nor has she actually seen anyone even eat it, she assures you that it is very good. If you decide to take a chance on the meal based on the promises made, only to discover that the food delivered to the table was inedible and the waitress became rude, would you still pay for the dinner? Now, what if the government offered grant money to pay for the budget of this restaurant because it had the best advertising? <laughs> would you be quiet about how your hard-earned tax dollars were being spent? Or would you become maybe a little snarky? Can you think of areas apart from the restaurant industry in which this might already be happening? Well, I would suggest that this is exactly what's happening with the push for so-called low barrier shelters. Why low barrier shelters are unsafe? Well, there's two defining characteristics of a low barrier shelter that cause them to be unsafe. In order to meet the definition of a low barrier shelter, the shelter cannot require, among other things, either sobriety or program participation. These are equated to barriers uh, for participation, although this equivocation has yet to be substantiated. My objection is that if they are in fact barriers, then they are only barriers to willing participation. Furthermore, if our concern is to be focused on not violating a person's will, well then we must first extend this focus towards law-abiding citizens. Law-abiding, tax-paying citizens should not be forced to underwrite the creation of such shelters in any way, but allowed to voluntarily pay to afford such programs that produce the desired results. Sobriety and safety. A simple internet search finds an abundance of research and data that overwhelmingly demonstrate that people who are under the influence of drugs and alcohol are far less safe than those who are not. For example, did you know that research indicates that up to 75% of individuals who begin treatment for a substance use disorder, we'll call them an SUD, report having engaged in physical assault, mugging, using a weapon to attack another person, and other violent crimes. How about this? Alcohol or drug use is involved in 40 to 60% of domestic abuse situations. More than half of individuals who abuse their elder parents, age 60 or older, are dependent on alcohol and drugs. Alcohol plays a role in 32% of all murders in the United States. Chronic substance users have a greater risk of dying by suicide. Between 25 and 50% of men who commit acts of domestic violence also suffer from SUDs. 80% of child abuse cases involve the use of drugs and alcohol. Women who abuse alcohol and other drugs are more likely to be victims of domestic violence. Furthermore, 
Severe intoxication is present in about 30 to 40% of suicide attempts. Research indicates that alcohol dependence is associated with a suicide risk that is 10 times greater than the suicide risk of the general population. And individuals who abuse illicit drugs by injection are at a suicide risk 14 times higher than the general population. The evidence is simply overwhelming and recognized globally that people under the influence of drugs and alcohol are a far greater risk to the safety of themselves and to those around them. Programs that require sobriety have not put up a barrier to entry, but have created a safe place for people to get clean from drugs and alcohol. They also remove the barrier of the fear of being in a safe environment. Program participation. So the idea goes that if we provide a place in which drugs and weapons are not allowed on site, but that we don't inquire of their intoxication, nor do we intercede if we discover it, that they will avail themselves of addiction recovery services and make behavioral changes on their own if provided the opportunity. It is suggested, despite the complete lack of evidence for its efficacy, and often offered in a remedy of the gaps in success provided by programs that require participation. It is also an odd suggestion given that it is getting the exact opposite results that absolutely everyone can see. Now, I don't know how much about other programs since my area of expertise is in the work of the Grants Pass Gospel Rescue Mission. Therefore, I will address them from the perspective of this program. On average, 17% of mission program participants have never struggled with drugs and alcohol. Only 17%. More than one-third of them are actively struggling at the time of their enrollment into our program. In other words, roughly 80% of those who enter our program don't find the requirement for sobriety to be a barrier for entry. One-third of those who enter the program will leave successfully with a sustainable income and a home. One-third of those who leave our program unsuccessfully will re-enter the program and increase their chance of success each subsequent time. Of those who are asked to leave the program due to a lack of program participation, only about 7% are actually due to substance abuse relapse. This means that the standards for, uh, that the mission standards for sobriety, as well as its efforts towards addiction recovery and relapse prevention, are among the most effective in the industry and in our community. And I will gladly compare our results with those of any addiction recovery program anywhere. So let's go back to the restaurant. Plenty of restaurants and other businesses have overpromised and underperformed across the country. They're welcome to try new things and experiment with new ideas, but if they get bad results and remain committed to them, they're likely to go out of business due to a lack of financial support. And this is actually a good thing because it keeps good products and ideas that benefit the entire community flourishing and bad ones out of the marketplace. When tax dollars are spent to prop up bad ideas that don't work, 
well, then the entire community is harmed. With organizations like the Gospel Rescue Mission, donors like you are able to choose to support us based on the results they achieve rather than by their good intentions. We refuse to take government funds so that we're able to stay committed to good results and outcomes rather than being coerced into forced political agendas. When tax dollars are spent on political and social experiments, well then the taxation becomes a form of theft from hardworking Americans. When you support the Gospel Rescue Mission, you are supporting a program that helps end addiction and increases the flourishing of the whole community of Grants Pass. And that's a treat the whole family can enjoy.